Hello everyone, Coach V here, and welcome to another episode of Transformative Talk with Coach V. So today our topic is silence is golden. Now I know probably growing up, our moms probably said to us, and I know my mom did, she always would tell us, you know, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. And hopefully we are still exercising that that practice today um, in our in our lives that, you know, we just we keep thoughts to ourselves and hopefully we're, you know, thinking the best, not assuming things about anybody. But um, there can be a lot of beauty in silence. There can be a lot of power in silence. And so we're going to dig deep into that a little more today and talk about some of the benefits of silence, why we maybe don't operate in that a little bit more. And then some things that we can do that if we're not doing it, we can start incorporating those things. But first, I, I took a minute to look up some quotes from famous people in regards to silence. And I found a few good ones that I would like to share with you. The first one is from O.A. Batista. And this quote goes as follows. There are times when silence is the best way to yell at the top of your voice. I thought that was a really good quote uh, because sometimes our silence, it, it speaks far greater than, than anything that we could ever say. Any, any sentence that we could formulate to try to express things, sometimes that's truly where that silence can be can be golden. Sometimes our silence can definitely grab the attention um, in a situation that maybe because we've exercised that wisdom to not speak, then that gives us the opportunity to express ourselves properly. The second one that I love is from Leonardo da Vinci. And he said, nothing strengthens authority so much as silence. We realize that sometimes when we just have to be quiet, it takes a certain amount of strength and courage to to be quiet, to not say anything. That even though we're chomping at the bit and probably, you know, biting our tongue until it bleeds, there's there's a lot of strength in that. There's a lot of authority that goes forth in just being silenced, that self-control that you are developing when you're walking in the authority of silence. And the last one I love, um, which I think we can all relate to at some point in our life, um, is a quote that I found by Abraham Lincoln. And he said, "'Tis better to be silent and be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt." Ouch. There could be nothing worse than to speak on something and not really be knowledgeable, to not really know what the conversation is that you're even contributing to. So sometimes, you know, we just let people assume that we don't know anything. Sometimes it's better to be silent because there will surely be an opportunity somewhere down the road not to prove that we're right, 
or to try to prove that we're smart or that we know something about it. But sometimes there just may not that just may not be the time. And so we can't control what people think about us or what they have to say about us. But wouldn't you rather walk in the wisdom and knowing, you know what, let me just stay out of that. Than to remove any any doubt about what someone may have assumed by me of me and just talk and not know what I'm talking about at all. Sometimes our silence can make a far more powerful statement than our words. Sometimes we just need to be mindful of that, that sometimes even in the quiet, we're saying so much more. And as I said, we can't always assume that we know what people are thinking or we're worried about what they're thinking or what they may say about us later. We have to know our limits. We have to be able to stay in our lane and do what we know is best for us. So here are three things that I thought about when I was thinking about why we have this need to always talk and not exercise the authority of silence. The first thing I thought about is that when we're talking, we're always trying to prove a point. So we end up over explaining, over justifying things. And so sometimes that leads to us over talking because we are, are in this, this position that we got to make this person understand. And if we're trying to make them understand, are we trying to get them on our side? So we have to be really careful because sometimes when we over talk, what you said to person A, you've got to make sure it's consistent with person B, C, D, E, and F. And so what'll happen is by the time you tell it to B, it's going to make for an even longer story when you get to C. So you start adding on more and more to convince them. And really what you're doing is you're trying to convince yourself. So you over talk to try to make yourself feel better about whatever it is you're talking about. And hopefully they'll buy into it too. The second thing is that we assume that if we're silent, that that's a sign of weakness or that we're being complicit in what's going on. And so we feel like we have to always be on the defensive. We always have to be that prosecuting attorney in any situation. And that comes from a place of possibly having been hurt before. It it speaks to uh, insecurity that we may have within ourselves that somebody told us somewhere in our past that what we had to say didn't matter. Nobody cares what you think. Those words have power and they affect us all throughout our lives. And so we don't use our voice in the way that we should. Um, And so people will assume, you know, again, we're not worried about people, but we assume sometimes that it's the sign of weakness that we're just going along with the flow, but we have not been taught the true power of our, of our voice. And then sometimes it, it can be our assumption that in our silence that um, the, the need to defend things is because we're trying to hide something. So we again get into the over-talking, over-explaining because we're not going to be that person that's not going to have something to say. 
I'm going to defend my point. I'm going to be right. I'm going to tell you what I think. And I don't care who likes it. That that feeds into a negative mindset. And then that leads to negative behavior. I know for myself, you know, I, I've always, I was always the type of person that I was going to say what I had to say. I was going to say what I meant. I meant what I said. And that was it. I was the you know, opening prayer, the sermon, and the benediction, and you better not have anything to say afterwards. And that's not good. Can I just tell you? I think you show even more of your weakness when you feel like you have to constantly talk because you're coming from a place of being defensive. You're not going to let anybody hurt your feelings. You're going to make your point. You're going to use your voice, but you're not using it in the right way because The people may not really hear the message, but they see and hear the hurt behind it. The last thing is oftentimes we're just trying to impress people flat out. We want to be a part of the cool kids club. We want to say the things that we think that a person wants to hear because we want them to like us. We want to get that promotion. We want to get that job. We want to be friends with this person. We want to be in this organization. So we think if we say all the right things, that that'll impress them and win them over to our side. And the fact of the matter is, is that we have to stand with our own morals and values, our standards and our ethics. Because sometimes when we are just saying whatever we think that that person or that group of people want to hear, we don't really know what their morals and values and their standards are. And so we may be aligning ourselves with something that totally goes against what we believe. If we don't know the premise of the relationship, if we don't know the premise of the conversation, how all these people have come together and reached this conclusion, if we're hearing this story second, third, fourth, or fifth hand, you know, the person that we're hearing it from may be telling it from a perspective based on what they heard. They may be telling it based out of how they feel about the situation, not all of the facts and what actually happened. And so we may find ourselves being a part of a conversation or agreeing with something that that we don't have full knowledge of or full understanding. And sometimes when we feel like we're trying to impress others, you know, we may end up offending other people. We may find ourselves walking in offense to certain things. That we don't need to, you know, even walk in offense about. We may find ourselves speaking from a place of lack of knowledge that can lead to frustration. You know, not knowing all of the facts, being easily offended that we feel like we have to over talk and defend. So we have to be very careful when we speak about certain things. If it's in an effort to try to impress somebody, the fact of the matter is, is that there is not a person on this earth that's just going to be happy all the time. And when you think you've reached the pinnacle of pleasing this person and you think that you got your cool kids club uh, ID card, they raise the standard. They up the ante just to see how far you will go, because they know at that moment that you're desperate to be a part of something that goes totally against the grain of you. And so you will be tested in those limits. And also when we're trying to impress other people, we have to be careful that we don't get thrown under the bus 
in somebody saying, well, yeah, she agreed with the conversation. She was standing there when we talked about it. And you're like, wait a minute, what? That's not what I said. What I said was this. And so people won't, they won't look for the context in which things may have been contributed to as far as the conversation is concerned, but you're all, then you just become lumped in and you're already included in that group. You know, sometimes our words can be used against us to make somebody else's point. And that's not even what you were saying, but you may not get a chance to go back and, and try to fix that. So we have to be very careful as to why we choose not to be silent sometimes. What is the reasoning behind that? Is it is it because your voice was taken away or somebody told you that your voice didn't matter, that what you had to say nobody cared about? I would challenge you to just pull out your journal and just kind of write some of those things down. Why have you chosen to be silent? What are situations and circumstances that you felt like you had to be silent and that your voice didn't matter? Or why you were led to believe that no one would care about what you had to say? And as you're writing those things down, I want you to write down our transformative thought for this week. And our transformative thought for this week is, I surrender to silence so that I can hear the heart of God. I surrender to silence so that I can hear the heart of God. Sometimes there's nothing better than just sitting quietly before God and just letting him speak. He can give you so much understanding and so much wisdom and revelation when it comes to situations because he's seeing everything that that's going on so none of it is catching him by surprise he's not caught off guard by any of the circumstances or situations but he's allowing you that front row seat so that you will know better you will have that proper discernment and wisdom so If we haven't been operating in silence, here are three things that we can do to begin that process. The first one is be quiet, plain and simple. When you're quiet, you can truly hear. You can hear what God is saying about a situation. He's talking to you specifically about how to handle a matter. Sometimes we're privy to conversations and placed in rooms just for the exposure and the experience. Not that we necessarily have to say anything, but just that God just wants you to hear what's going on in different rooms. He wants you exposed to different things so that later on down the road, when he places you in the right room at the right time, You will then speak from a place of wisdom and knowledge because you've spent that time in silence with God that he could speak clearly to you and you could hear exactly what it is that he has to say about a matter. And this passage of scripture I found three times and I know it's found many, many more times, but it says the same thing. You can find it in Mark 4 and 9, Matthew 11 and 15, Matthew 13 and 9. 
He who has ears to hear, let him hear and heed my words. So not only do we need to have ears to hear, but we need to hear what he's saying and then heed the instructions that he gives us. So when he's exposing us to certain things, when when he allows us to hear things, and I'm not talking about ear hustling. I overheard a little birdie told me. I'm not talking about all of that. But when you truly are privy to a meeting at work, a meeting that you probably normally wouldn't go to, or when you are part of a situation in an organization or a committee, you are gaining knowledge, you're gaining wisdom. There's wisdom in that silence, just taking notes and and listening to the different players in the room and their perspectives and viewpoints and opinions on things. It doesn't mean you're compromising your standards, your morals, your values, but you're just, you're getting a bird's eye view of the inner workings of certain things and, and, and what God wants you to see and what God wants you to hear. This is to help you make you better in this area. This is to help you make you stronger in this area. This is to help you to make better decisions down the road. And so when we're quiet, we can hear all of that stuff. We can get better understanding of what God is, is, is desiring to show us what he's desiring to expose us to in those situations because somewhere down the road, we're going to need that. It's going to serve us well in the days to come. And the other thing about when you're just quiet, when you just decide that you're going to be quiet, you can remove yourself from a conversation. If it's not beneficial, if it's if it's turning into something negative, if it's turning into gossiping, if it's turning into, you know, backbiting, if it's turning into something that's going to cause a problem somewhere down the road, you know, with with your other co-workers, they're they're, you know, up to no good. You can remove yourself from the situation. That silence exercising and walking in the authority of that silence can be very powerful. Again, the quote from Leonardo da Vinci, nothing strengthens authority so much as silence. Sometimes that's the best thing that we can do is just walk in that silence and remove ourselves from the conversation. If it's not lining up with the word of God, if it's not lining up with what he's talked to you about in your quiet time with him, you have the right to walk away. There are times when silence is the best way to yell at the top of your voice. That was the first quote that we talked about from O.A. Batista. But when we're quiet, we can hear all of that. We get clear instructions as far as those things are concerned. The second thing we can do is to think before you speak. Make sure that when you are speaking, that it is from a place of wisdom, not emotion. Make sure it is from um, a place that it's based on fact and not your feelings, your opinions. Everybody's perception of things are, are different because everybody may not have that God perception in that moment, that God perspective in that moment. 
And so we got to be really careful that before we say anything, we think about it. Everything does not warrant a response immediately, because if we immediately say something, that's a reaction. That's a reaction that they're getting. If something is is um, not agreeable to us. If, if we feel slightly offended by something that somebody says, if we feel like we got to start being defensive and over explaining and over talking, we're reacting. And we always want to give a careful God response to everything. James 3 and 10 says, out of the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. These things, my brothers, should not be this way. For we have a moral obligation to speak in a manner that reflects our fear of God and profound respect for his precepts. And so we got to make sure that when we speak, that we're fulfilling the moral obligation to speak in a manner that reflects the fact that we reverence God and that he's holding us accountable for everything that we say. So think before you speak. It's so important that we do that. I also thought about um, in Exodus when God was going to send Moses to speak to Pharaoh. And he was so concerned about his speech because he stuttered. And God reminded him, don't you have your brother Aaron? He speaks quite fluently. He speaks very well. So he's going to go with you. I'm going to send him with you to speak to Pharaoh. But God also reminded him to this. You must speak to him and, and put the words in his mouth. I, even I, will be with your mouth and with his mouth. And I will teach you what you are to do. Now, isn't that powerful? Not only will I put the words in your mouth, Moses, but I'll put the words in Aaron's mouth. So you don't have to worry about it. God already knew. I know you stutter. I I got you covered on this. And then he went on to say, you know, he's going to speak for you to the people. He will act as a mouthpiece for you. And you will be as God to him, telling him what I say to you. So God already had that lined up. Don't be afraid because we got I got this thing all lined up. I'm going to speak through him and I'm going to speak through you. So don't fret about the words that you need to speak, even if it may be a little bit difficult for a person to hear. When we sit quiet before God, when we take the time to hear what it is that he wants us to say and how he wants us to handle a matter, he will be sure to give us everything that we need to say. We don't have to try to come up with it. We don't have to try to, you know, find the right words. We don't even have to think of a way to manipulate a situation to get it the way we need to get it. We want to make sure that when we speak, we are speaking what God says. It's not out of our feelings. It's not about our emotions. It's not out of a place of offense. It's not because in our past, somebody said something to us that was hurtful. But it is from a place of knowing this is what I know God said to me undeniably concerning this matter. And I'm trusting him with every word so that 
he is glorified in this situation. When I do these podcasts, I don't write down every word that I'm going to speak. I write down short sentences and phrases. I write down what God tells me that he wants to make um, very clear in the podcast. And he gives me the rest of it. I don't have to try to come up with every word that I speak. He's always faithful to speak. But that's because I choose to sit in silence before him so that he can speak. And therefore, I can heed the words that he gives me. And then I'm very careful to think about what it is that I want to say so that I can properly convey his message. And also, when we're quiet before God and we take the time to think before we speak, we know the right questions to ask. My pastor always says the wisdom is in the questions. So when we go to God and ask God, what was it that you wanted me to to know? What was it that you were trying to show me? Then when his response in that silence comes the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding on how to handle future situations. So we always got to be in a position of seeking God on the matter, on everything that concerns us. The last thing is choose your words carefully before you speak. When you've been quiet before God so that he can speak to you. When you've thought carefully and you've carefully considered everything. Choose your words carefully. Make sure they are words that are going to edify people and glorify God. Make sure that the words that you speak are going to provide light and not continue to, you know, spread the, 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 the cloud of darkness over a situation or over a person. Titus 3 and 8 says, this is a faithful and trustworthy saying. And concerning these things, I want you to speak with great confidence so that those who have believed God That is, those who have trusted in, relied on, and accepted Jesus Christ as Savior will be careful to participate in doing good and honorable things. These things are excellent in themselves and profitable for the people. So we want to make sure that everything that we're saying is adding to the the lives of those that we have impact and influence, that they're continuing to spread the good news of Jesus Christ because they've relied on him. They've accepted him as their Lord and Savior. They trust him completely with their life and everything that concerns them. And they can actively and positively participate in doing the good work of him. That's so important. So our words have to definitely edify them to continue that. We have to make sure that our words are encouraging to them. That it's giving them a solid foundation, that it's reminding them of uh, their, their, their purpose in the kingdom, their role as one of God's finest here on the earth. And that it's always his will, his purpose, his plan for our life. Ephesians 4 and 29 says, do not let unwholesome words ever come out of your mouth, 
but only such speech as is good for building up others according to the need and the occasion so that it will be a blessing to those who hear. Again, choosing your words carefully. And when we talk about unwholesome words, it doesn't necessarily mean, of course it means the, you know, we're not swearing, we're not, we're not cussing, all of that kind of stuff. But unwholesome words, things that we can say to people to, to tear them down instead of building them up. Our words should always build up somebody, not tear them down. If they already know that they have an issue with something, they don't need you to come and say it to them or say it in a way that makes them feel even worse about something that they're probably working very hard to dig themselves out of. We have to be very sensitive. That's why this scripture even says, according to the need and the occasion, so that it will be a blessing to those who hear. We gotta be sensitive to the situation. We gotta be sensitive to the circumstance. We gotta be in God's perfect timing when we speak to those that may be going through or those that may be hurting. We can't just say it just to say something or because it came to our mind, so therefore it needs to come out of our mouth. It has to be according to the need and the occasion. That way the person is more receptive, they're more, they're more open. It will edify them, it will build them up. They will know that God is speaking undeniably to them through you. According to the situation, they'll know that God sent you with that with that word in your spirit, in your heart, and in your mouth for them because God knew that they needed to hear that on today. That even if you don't necessarily know the need or the occasion, God will send you right when that person needs you. That's his way of loving on them in that moment. So we have to be sensitive in that again, goes to being quiet before God so that he can use us at the appointed time, at the right time, for the right reason, in that particular season. We've got to be in tune with that. We don't want to walk around as if we are false prophets trying to get glory for ourselves. We don't want to walk around speaking things that make us uh, appear foolish because people then know the fruit of your life. People know when you're doing things for your own selfish personal gain versus being determined that God will get the glory out of everything that proceeds out of your mouth. And we have to be very, very careful with the words that we speak. Another thing that my pastor always says is there are two things that we can never get back, time and a spoken word. And so I pray that as we learn how golden, how significant silence can be, that we won't operate in that silence from a place of being hurt, from feeling powerless, voiceless, or not important, but that we can use our silence from a place of authority and strength and courage 
knowing that there's power when we can sit quietly before God and seek him for wisdom, that we can carefully consider everything in a situation before we speak on that situation. And it may even, you know, dictate that we say nothing at all because God always is faithful to fight our battles. And then that we're careful to choose every word that we speak so that God gets the glory out of our lives and that the people that we have impact and influence and that we have contact with throughout the day and throughout our lives are edified. And that they too will learn to surrender to silence so that they can hear the heart of God. I thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Transformer Talk with Coach D. Until next time.